0: Field Notes Brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit FieldNotesBrands.com or 400 North May in Chicago. It is the Chicagoverse Unlimited podcast, featuring interviews of the premier artists and industry in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast at DynastyPodcast.com. This week, Brian Mazzaferi and Hari Rao of I Fight Dragons. Here's how that sounds. Hi, I'm a Black. Here at Public Hotels, and I am here with I Fight Dragons. Man, uh, Brian Mazzaferi and Hari Rao. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. Yeah, yeah, I was I wanted to let Hari get the first word. We're doing really well. Thanks for having us, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm dude, I'm doing good. I'm you know, it's finally like warm outside. Yes. warm-ish, The you know, idea of warm, is, warm. Yeah. I had a friend today who was like 50 degrees, I'm wearing shorts. Oh yeah. People are swimming. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
1: And yesterday, this really speaks to like Chicago weather cuz yesterday it was like bitter cold. Like not just cold, like bitter. Angry cold. Angry yeah. cold, like <laughs> No gloves, your fingers fall off cold, and now it's super nice, like, relatively speaking. It's still 40 degrees, but people in Florida are probably like, that's nice, but...
0: (laughs) But for us, cool weather. Absolutely. So, I Fight Dragons, there's a lot of cool stuff happening with you guys. I wanted to kind of dip back a second. Um, Brian, the last time you and I talked on mic or off was, it was for the Chicago Music Summit in 2013, 14? I think. Um, late late 13 I think yeah, late yeah, yeah. 13 and there was a panel on you know of course crowdfunding and that whole world which you guys are really well versed in and we'll kind of talk about that but it was interesting because you and I got to do a panel talk about some of that stuff and I'll even link to that when I put this podcast up but uh, you know uh, have you kind of like become you know either of you guys have you guys started to kind of become a like case study or an example of crowdfunding do you feel like uh, we we're <laughs> certainly I feel like it's a case study in the sense that
2: it, we're you know it, it was a large thing that has it, it has had all the microcosms of the pros and cons of crowdfunding rolled into it. We've had sort of everything in the book that can go right and wrong happen to us and and almost come out the other end. We're not even fully out the other end yet. It's insane but um but it's been a, a wild ride uh, absolutely um and, and i feel like if if not a if no one's made a case study of us i feel like they could in terms of the various things that have happened throughout the past couple of years with regards to the kickstarter yeah.
1: yeah i think too because we've had like the ups and downs of it like you know in terms of the album getting delayed and then like how do you, how do you Explain like when people are, 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 you know, trusting you with the funding and, and supporting you, and then you have a setback, and you're always going to have some people who are just like, This is outrageous. And then, you know, <laughs> but you know, for the most part, a lot of people understand what's going on. But like, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of communication involved. So I think, in that respect, too, that having these ups and downs would, 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 I guess, put you know, put us in that case study category for having like the full gamut of experience with the, the crowdfunding.
0: Well, you know, there's a lot I want to talk about around that case study, and I, I do kind of feel like we're continuing this conversation we had about a year and a half ago. Yeah. But, you know, let's talk about the fact that, you know, this is not a one sided conversation like when, you know, bands normally put out a record. You guys are responsive and, on some level, responsible to a number of fans and backers and contributors. So, what's that like where you're not just playing the role of artists, but you guys are very much involved in keeping this dialogue going kind of being mediators being politicians being dare i say <laughs> frank underwoods in this world
2: uh wow yes you, you sort of hit it on the head it um it's it's wonderful and it's nerve-wracking and it's uh it, it's it's kind of everything at once right because uh so like Kari mentioned you know we delayed the album we we ended up essentially scrapping our whole first recording sessions, which were was a huge time and monetary setback. But at the same time, the that type of thing happens all the time. Like, right. we, in projects where no, fans have not contributed a dollar, they have no M- clue. Musicians
0: do that all the time, absolutely. Yeah. But they're just not
2: beholden to anyone but the label. Right, And which is funny, because, like, if you just hit it on the head in that sense, too, because they're beholden to the label at that point. So it's sort of like... In terms of who's gonna be more like compassionate or understanding, and on the other end, who's gonna care more like about the way it gets done, uh, I, I think I would opt for the fans over the label. Having it done first one way and then having done it directly after the other, I can tell you that the fans gave a lot more uh, of a shit about the ultimate sort of like product and process, and that I feel like we went as far as we could in terms of explaining why we were doing what we were doing, and that that people were were really understanding about that. Like, we had, I mean, super frank conversations as a band, you know, around the the time when we ended up scrapping those first sessions. It was a a super just heated night, I remember, at A.J. Hudson's uh, where harsh words were said, and because it just became incredibly stressful. No one wanted to disappoint the fans we had like had this huge you know swell of support that I think overwhelmed all of us but at the same time no one wanted to disappoint the fans so that's like a a, a weird sort of like reason was the reason to push through but also the reason to step back right because in the end I feel like that being a guidepost it wasn't like we were sitting there being like well there's no hits on this record (laughs) because that right that if if you're in that same situation on the label side you're like What does the label care about? They care about if it's going to be a big smash hit record, and that's that. If it's not, go jump in the lake. So it it was an interesting. I don't think we ever would have come to that point in that way if we were just beholden to a label or beholden to someone else. Like the fact that we were like, guys, people gave us a ridiculous sum of money because they want you know us. They want us. They want this to be the best we could make.
0: So what are we going to do with that? So you know, I mean, if you're not. I mean, I think it's out there, but like, you know, remind us, what was the ask for the Kickstarter campaign for the album, um, and then what did you guys get? Because it was a, you know, it was kind of like one of these Amanda Palmer type stories where you guys (laughs) got a lot more than you were asking for, right? Yeah, um, I mean, smaller, you know, uh, uh, one-tenth
2: scale Amanda Palmer story, but uh, yeah, we we were asking for $20,000 and and having never sort of like tested the waters even, we, it was sort of a, a conversation of, alright, if, if we can raise that much, we will somehow scrape it together and find a way to raise the rest of what it takes and we'll make an album. And then yeah, we ended up uh, raising
0: 115000 in the end which kind of blew us away. So let me ask this, because and I want to be careful how I'm wording in this, but like I Fight Dragons is not You guys aren't on on Kiss FM. You're not on Top 40 Radio. (laughs) You're not on tour with Drake. You're not co-signed by Kanye West. And I'm not saying these things... Yeah, I'm not saying these things to put you down at all. But you guys are a very specific kind of like artist that really, I think, appeals to the internet in a big way. Were you really surprised that there was that much kind of response when you know, you guys are not like, you know, one of Drake's protégés or something like that. Right. We're not the next hot band, uh, you know, like... But again, I
2: want to meet, like, I'm not right, saying you know, it like that, you understood. know. Understood. No, and I, I don't say that in a sort of pejorative way. I, I'm just uh, 100% serious, you know, we've... This isn't our first rodeo also, you know, like, we're, we've been around for five, six years now, and, uh, and it, we were completely surprised, I, I think, first and foremost, because we had been in the old sort of like industry system and we had been really sort of like a, a poor fit in that system. So like coming out of that, I think we were pretty discouraged. I mean, it wasn't it was a, it wasn't a good fit for us and a lot of the sort of messages we got creatively, um, career-wise were all like super negative, uh, you know, in that environment. Um, so I, I think the big surprise for us was sort of like, Yeah, there was a thought in which like let's try and do this let's give this a shot you know i I don't know if anyone's going to show up to the party but you know you're never going to know unless you you know hand out the flyers so
1: yeah i mean it's you know clearly we were all just you know extremely surprised and happy with like the outpouring of support for the album like yeah we were we were stunned but uh, you know, also like we just have really cool fans. Like we at the Lincoln Hall show, I walked up to the dressing room and there was a cake there that somebody brought to the show, and it was like, man, I love
2: these people. It's like it was a Companion Cube cake. It was the cake was not a lie.
1: And it's you know uh, people bring stuff to to after shows to the merch tent like um like you just said merch tent did I say <laughs> Not merch a tent tour. oh yeah I, my mind is on, on warped <laughs> it's warped tour know, but like right. very the creative the tent you bring everywhere <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> like just very creative fans who, who like to show support and it's it's you know it's amazing and. it's that always, you know, more than just like the kickstarter, the financial end of it, I think it's just the amount of support in general that people show in like different ways. That's always like very surprising and humbling. And
0: You know, so let's talk about the fan relationship because that's really, I think, one of the key components for your band. How did you guys really start cultivating this really impassioned fan base? Because I'm a big believer in that you don't have to have 50 million fans if you have 50,000 die-hard fans, that's so much better. So how did you guys start developing that relationship, cultivate it, and really get it to a point where, it let, you know, financials aside, mm-hmm. where the audience cares that much about your band? Sure,
2: well, um,
0: that's super flattering that you think of us as a band like that, because that's... Uh... Well, I mean, again, like, the numbers don't lie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> people weren't giving you guys $100,000 in Kickstarter to be nice. They weren't doing it to be, like, polite. You know, they were doing it because because they care about the band. You see that in the relationship on the blog. Like, again, like, people do care about your band a lot, and you guys clearly have built those relationships. Also, if you know anybody that
2: gives out $100,000 for the sake of being polite, you should—I'd like to be invited to their dinner party.
0: If I knew that person, <laughs> I would not be interviewing, you know what I mean? All right, touche, Yeah. Touche. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I would. I love doing this. Yeah, you still would. Let's me. I
2: would. Um— but, yeah, it's uh, been... Wait, uh, my my head just melted there for a second. So, yes, uh, was, that's absolutely been from when we started. I mean, it's funny. Hari and I were talking about uh, the other day we've been playing music together for, like, a decade now, which is kind of crazy, But because we were playing together in other projects before I Fight Dragons, and it, it's interesting to think about I Fight Dragons and uh, sort of the, the way that... It has affected our lives and, and other people's lives. Uh, in that, we've always just tried to be really um, available. Like it's not a like particularly sexy way to say it, but like it, be real to be present. Maybe that's a better way to say it. Um, be there so that like uh, we we get messages and it, it like Hari said it's it's humbling every time when someone like will send us an email or a message like saying that. Uh, our music means something to them, like on a on a deeper level, and it's uh, not to be super generic there, but like getting that type of email is like it's hugely meaningful, and I, we respond every time. You know, if somebody sends us a Facebook message, we're gonna write back, and that's it, these days it's kind of a given. Like everyone's like, yeah, come on, social media 101, have an assistant who writes back to everyone or whatever, but like no, no, it's like we actually write back, not be like. I don't know, it, it would just to be real, to be present, to uh, engage with people and kind of in a way that uh, is authentic or, or that, that resonates with the art you're trying to make. Because I also feel like our our songs, while they could border on cheesy or whatever, are also super honest and straightforward. And, uh, and I think that trying to just continually be that way, um, hopefully, you know, has helped connect with other people and, and kind of deepened that relationship in a way that I think other bands that might be quote-unquote cooler, you know, that, that have like a much, uh, maybe a more traditional mystique in the way that, you know, music industry has, has always cultivated that sort of aloofness um, might work, and we're not very aloof. <laughs> we don't have much of a mystique, but we just try and be real, you know.
1: Well, yeah, I think that there's a um... I, like an an engagement and an honesty that that we you know try to have, for, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> that that I that cultivates that connection with the with uh, people who like the music. Well, like even taking it back to the Kickstarter, um, I think one of the things that that uh, I thought was really positive is we were very transparent, and not not just about like. Like financial stuff but like when like what Brian was saying about when we met AJ Hudson's and we had a big like like you know it was really heated like we let everybody know what was going on it wasn't a you know it was I think just being open and honest is
0: well I mean everything you guys are talking about it is really funny because like it's all stuff that if you were at like a South by Southwest panel everything that you guys actually live, is what somebody in a suit would be telling you is, (laughs) quote-unquote, authentic. You know, but it's like, you guys do have that accessibility, which is huge, especially in this day and age. Um, You have the transparency. And I think that... I think I Fight Dragons really came along at the right time. You guys came along in this age of social media, this age of Avengers as a mainstream property.
2: This is crazy, man. This
0: age of, like, characters like Abed representing a large portion of the population and you guys are like the band for that time and it's not manufactured it's not like you guys sat with a chalkboard and you're like this is exactly who we need to be it's just who you guys are right uh, yes uh, we are uh, relentlessly
2: and uh, sadly just us so <laughs> that's all we got yeah i mean it's it's a it's certainly a we're living in a time where uh, a fantasy novel is the most popular show on television. <laughs> like, right? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, and, uh, I have no clue. I think I, when that, when Game of Thrones first came on TV, I, I remember writing like a blog post in my personal blog about like how you just never know what's going to be the next big thing because I'm I'm an epic fantasy nerd reader from since I was little and that that was one of my top series for the past decade or so and like. I never could have guessed. People that I would never in a million years have called like nerdy or thought that person's going to be, you know, uh, asking me questions about George R. R. Martin, ask me questions about George R. R. Martin because like I'm the guy who's read the books and it's just like, it's, it's certainly a crazy time we live in. And I think a time where, where people are more free to sort of find what connects with them. And in that sense, yeah, I feel really lucky that that this is the time we're in and that that we're able to make music in this kind of environment. Yeah.
1: Well, I think adding to, like, um, being genuine about the music, uh, whereas not not having an influence from a label, but also, like, we're all sort of bring our own genuine element to the band itself. We all come from different backgrounds. Um, I mean, I was a huge heavy metal geek. I learned more about Alexander the Great through Iron Maiden's Alexander the Great on Somewhere in Time than I did in history class. <laughs> and, like, I, you know, I sort of brought that in, in, in musically to the band, and uh, Packy, real uh, heavily influenced uh, by the Grateful Dead and a lot of. Uh, uh-huh. Another
0: band with an you know, enormous cult following—you know, <laughs> one of the one of the premier cult following bands. For sure. Yeah.
1: So, like everybody's bringing their their own element to this to make the sound very genuine and what you hear.
0: So let's talk about the larger picture of this because, um, I mean, this. So I'm gonna pull up my notes here. This album, you know, uh, which called the Near Future, it's out now. It came out a few months ago. If if this is correct, it's from the Wikipedia page the kickstarter for this started in april of 2013 this is being recorded in the beginning of march 2015 if i'm not mistaken you guys are still working through some of the incentives (laughs) did you guys have any concept that this was going to be your life's work that this album will take the next 40 years of your life
2: (laughs) you know uh no is the answer i you know and i was the guy that was sitting like I kept having more ideas where I was like, "Oh, it'd be cool if we did this. We should offer this reward. What about this?" Uh, and what no. if we have seventy-five thousand rewards? We won't regret that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and at the time, I was like, "And we could totally finish in 2013." <laughs> that was the original date. It was December 20, we We're gonna have it ready for the holidays, 2013. Wham-bam, knock it on out. Um, yes, and as you said, we've still actually we're so close we have one reward left to fulfill which is uh one set of rewards which is we're writing seven people's um personal custom 30-second theme songs so that's amazing yeah a big reward that's part of why it's ended up like taking us so long but uh we still do have those then once those rewards are fulfilled the kickstarter will be complete hopefully within a two-year time frame yeah
0: so What's the plan when you finish those theme songs? When, <laughs> when you've completed the cycle of this album, like, do you guys just—is it the end of Lost? Do you go lie in the jungle and just close your eyes and think my work is done? Or I was gonna say a long nap is
2: absolutely <laughs> on the uh, on the docket, but then uh, you just kind of keep going, man. I would well then figure out what's next. We're already kind of like brewing plans for you know touring and and all of that and i think one of the exciting things to me is we're sort of off the map right now and i think kind of in a positive way like it it, there is no clear like all right well we've done this now we do this and you know in the traditional industry it's like well you put out an album then you tour the album then you record this and these are the things you do it's like no i don't know (laughs) we we're kind of on our own schedule and on our own terms and we've got to figure out what happens next
0: yeah
1: yeah, I mean, I, you know, the wheels keep turning, you know. <laughs> I, I know Brian's writing songs. If he's not writing them on his guitar, he's writing them in his head and recording them <laughs> on his phone. Headphones. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, it's. I think, you know, we have uh, longevity. Um, we make this work with our lives. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just we continue to, to keep doing it. I don't think that there's any, like, uh, official break after this is yeah. these uh, um, the 30... Song. maybe a,
2: a week or two for napping
1: <laughs> a week or two for napping but uh, you know it's it's you know just keep moving forward
0: with it uh, Brian and Hari from I Fight Dragons man really interesting stuff I feel like we could talk about this all day but I'm, yeah. I'm I'm really like on so many levels just captivated not just musically but just the whole story behind what you guys are doing I think it's really fascinating I honestly I think you guys should like write a book or do some kind of like online workshop I'd be happy to host that at dynastypodcast.com like I just think there's a real case study here in the bigger picture of what you guys have accomplished and how you've done it. But it's really interesting and it's really great to see because you guys are the nicest guys. Uh, I Fight Dragons, the album is called The Near Future. It's out now everywhere you would find music online. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming on.
2: Oh, thanks for having us, man. And like you said, we're really nice and super humble. We just think of ourselves as really the nicest, especially, except for Hari. That guy is a jerk.
1: I'm slightly better than everyone else. But oh, other yeah. than that, like. And he knows again, it. thank you for having us. It's actually, <laughs> actually, it's your privilege. and uh, There we yeah. go.
0: <laughs> Very privileged. Um, seriously, thank you. It's Thanks. been fun. Awesome, man. Thank you, guys. This has been the Chicago First Unlimited Podcast. Thanks to Brian Mazafari and Hari Rao of I Fight Dragons for being on the show this week. You can find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Hyman Black, Dynasty Descend.